You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hi, I'm Rick Tittle, and this is the Rick Tittle Podcast on the 8Side Network. Join me as I get busy with the biggest names in sports and entertainment. Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. We have a great guest now, but uh, joining me to uh, interview the guest is, of course, the film critic Jan Wall. How are you, Janny? I'm doing great. Very excited about this esteemed guest. Yes, and uh, let's bring him in. We have Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he's here to talk about uh, his performance, which is he's going to do a uh, very fascinating, entertaining talk at the Orpheum Theater right here in town on Friday, May 20th. It's called An Astrophysicist Goes to the Movies. Neil, welcome to the show, and I'm a little bit younger than you, and so when I was growing up, America's astrophysicist was Dr. Carl Sagan, and I know that you kind of got into the reboot of the Cosmos show. What, what did Dr. Sagan mean to you? Well, he was doing things that other scientists weren't. I mean, just consider, he was, like, he appeared on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Oh my gosh, you're a scientist, and that's what you're doing? Uh, you know, and so there was some resistance early on. It's like, you should get back to the lab where you belong. <laughs> and, and then what happened was, over the years, the scientific community, at least the astronomical community, the planetary science community, began to notice that budgets were rising in Congress for them <laughs> because people finally figured out what the hell we were all doing <laughs> in my field because he was on the front lines explaining it, getting people excited about it and interested in it. And so, uh, so my field... Be- primarily because of him, has been much more open to that kind of activity. I think other sciences still have a way to go uh, in that regard. But, yeah, he cleared a landscape that I and many others are on uh, doing exactly what he was doing. Um, hi, Dr. DeGrasse. I'm a, I'm a movie critic, and 
I love film, and I'm just crazy about it. I think it enlightens and entertains. Uh, all and of you're the above, be... completely. And please call me Neil, but yes, all of the above, for sure. Okay, good. Hi, Neil. So listen, I'm going to be there. I can't wait to see you do this. What, tell me your connection with the movies. Yeah, so, you know, I I like movies. But who doesn't like movies, of course? And But I watch them with a, with a special, you know, through a special lens. It's the lens of scientific authenticity. Now, you know, if they happen to just make a mistake, that's not, I don't have an issue with that. If they do their homework and get some good science in there as foundational storytelling and then extend it into the world of imagination and fantasy, I'm good with that, too. So I'm, I'm not there to be a cop, a movie cop. I'm there just to highlight, uh, you know, here's something you could have done better if you did the science right. And Really? So that's what you're going to be showing clips from? Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. So I got, I don't know, 40, 50 movie clips. And, and each clip, they're not long, 30 seconds or something, will highlight an aspect of the film that either they could have done better had they gotten the science right, or it's from a film that really doesn't care about the science and happened to get some of it right. <laughs> I'm going to praise that <laughs> by as <well>. accident. <laughs> Just by accident. <laughs> but, so, but, like, give us an example. Example. Okay, so, by the way, do you think just coming out of the box, you might think it's all science fiction. No, most of the movies I'll be commenting on are not science fiction. So, for example, in A Bug's Life, okay? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> love that movie. The, the, the great trove of science insight in A Bug's Life. <laughs> Even though the ants are walk bipedally and have only four appendages rather than six. Even though, okay? And even though they're all, of course, speaking English to each other, it's a cartoon, so you give them that. But they're tiny. And so there's a scene that I'll be showing when they go to the bar, okay, and a mosquito orders a drink at the bar. Now, of course, if you're a mosquito, what drink do you order? You tell me. Blood. Mosquito, what do you drink? Blood. No, no, no. It's a, it's a bar. Come on. So you order <laughs> Bloody Mary. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Get with the program, dude. Your intro said you were a genius. Okay. <laughs> You're the genius here. I was until yeah, you showed up. Yeah, pretty much it, man. <laughs> okay, so the mosquito orders a Bloody Mary, and then the bartender scoops out a, a blob of Bloody Mary, just a tiny little bead, and plunks it down on the counter. And then the mosquito puts its <laughs> proboscis into it and sucks it dry. And you realize, oh my gosh, when you're that little, you don't need a glass or a receptacle, because surface tension on fluids keep them in these tiny little spheres, like, like the water on, on a freshly waxed car. It'll just beat up on the top. And if you're a mosquito, you don't have to put that in another vessel. They knew this in this movie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what a it thought. Was, it was brilliant. And so I have no end of those kinds of observations in... I'll, I'll mention another one. Let's go back to Mary Poppins, okay? Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins. in her bag, her little carpet bag, pulls out a five-foot mirror, okay, and a six-foot floor plant. And you say, wait, what's going on? Oh, is it magic? Well, no, she has access to the fourth dimension. So I spend the whole part of this talk talking about <laughs> the fourth dimension. And that happens in Doctor Who as well. He goes into his, his police mm -hmm. call box, and it's bigger on the inside. 
he's reaching the fourth dimension. And here's another one. You know Monsters, Inc.? You remember this? Okay. This is a factory. If you've never seen it, it maybe because you've never had kids, I don't know. It's a factory that makes doors. And these are the doors of children's bedrooms. Okay? And they, the monsters take out these doors, and they open them, and they go through the door and land in the bedroom of the sleeping child to scare them. Because they're monsters. That's what monsters do. But wait a minute. How do you do that? These are just doors. No. They're, they're hyperdimensional wormholes through the fabric of space-time. And you don't even say this in the movie. It just is that. And it's brilliant. Wow. It's how the monster Jeez. ends. Didn't you wonder how the monster ends up in your closet? You ever wondered? <laughs> this is how that works. Yeah, I did wonder about that, yeah. You know, the, the, ah. the question I had when I thought about, you know, debunking or taking a look at it was Back to the Future, the 121 gigawatts. Oh, yeah, so, you know, you give them that. I mean, they did so much other... So it's, this is not about debunking. No, that's so, that's so cruel to think of it that way. <laughs> and by the way, <laughs> just, just for context, I think when I go through this exercise, I'm often misunderstood in my motives because people say, why don't you just stay home? It's just a movie. You know, they, call, <laughs> they cop an attitude like that. But you tell me, both of you, you tell me, if you go to a, a movie and let's say it's, it takes place, a period piece takes place in like 1958, and there's a car parked on the, on the sidewalk, uh, on, on the road, that's a 1962 Chevy Bel Air. Oh, and you happen right. to you see the movie nuts. with yeah. an expert, and they say, wait a minute, that car doesn't belong there. You'll say, hey, you know your right. cars. You would, right. you would praise that person for their knowledge. <laughs> so why is it but when I go- give that same kind of knowledge, <laughs> you're going to tell me to get out of the theater? That's not fair. Was there ever a space movie that got it exactly right from your point of view? A movie about outer space? That's a great question. There are a couple of movies. So one of them was Deep Impact from the 1990s, an asteroid strike. Okay? Not to be confused with Armageddon, which has more (laughs) violations of the laws of physics per minute than any other movie ever made. That's Bruce Willis, yeah. Okay? That asteroid had good aim. Like, one of its chunks came and hit the Chrysler building in New York City <laughs> and kept going and then plunged into Grand Central Terminal and hit the clock in the middle of the open... Pl- I mean, so that, the, the asteroid in, in Armageddon, they had, like, GPS locators or something. I don't know. So in, in, in Deep Impact, most of Earth's surface is water. So chances are it's going to hit the water, as did that asteroid. Okay? But the point is... You can still destroy cities, but now you do it with a huge tidal wave, okay, instead of just having the thing hit. The, and that's more, in fact, they did a brilliant job of that. So you can still have a disaster movie and, and keep some of the, the science accurate. So, so that one I liked because of how they had good science, good, um, uh, uh, good science related to the discovery and the, mm. and the, well, and the properties of the comment. There's, there's good science. Unfortunately, there's never a good time to cut you off. We have to go to a break. Neil deGrasse Tyson, an astrophysicist, goes to the movies Orpheum Theater Friday, May 20th. Get your tickets, broadwaysf.com. Doctor, thanks for coming on. Oh, I can't all wait right, to no, see you. Get your tickets now, everybody. Okay, it's all there. It's going to be all there. I think people will Thank enjoy you, it. Neil. All right, and thanks, right. Janie. Take care. You're listening to the Rick Tittle Podcast on the 8Side Network. Stay tuned for more. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? 
Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. And our friend Mike Massimino joins us, a former astronaut and a guy who's also written books. He's done spacewalks and he's here to talk about um, the fact that uh, the uh, SpaceX uh, capsule is going to be coming back down to Earth, and that's why the show Space Launch Live Splashdown, it's going to be a multi-platform event. It's going to be on both Discovery and Science Channel as well. On Sunday, it's going to be 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific time. First of all, Mike, we're going to have to start paying you, my friend. Oh, that's good news. I, I could use it. <laughs> Now, last time we talked, we were getting ready for the launch, and here was this private venture with the approval and help of NASA and a couple of vets. Bob Bankin and Doug Hurley went up in this newly designed spacesuits, everything, and we all had our fingers crossed. So far, so good, huh? Yeah, the, the mission, uh, the on-orbit portion of it um, has gone really well. They, they, uh, Bob was uh, outside for a few spacewalks. 
doing uh, work on the outside of the of the space station with Chris Cassidy, another American astronaut who was up there. Chris went up and down, went up with the Soyuz. We'll be coming back with the Soyuz as well. Uh, and yeah, the spacecraft has behaved really well while it was on orbit. They're going to uh, plan us to undock and have them come back on uh, Sunday. I just got an update on the weather. It sounds like the weather looks pretty good too to make that happen. You've got to worry about the sea states and so on because they splashes down. We haven't had a a spacecraft uh, splashed down with people inside from the U.S. in a long time since, since you know, 1975. So after that, it was the space shuttle landing on a runway. So it's a, it's a big deal. It's kind of interesting, too, as you mentioned. Yeah, like Ford was president. I mean, it was before the bicentennial that we've had this. A long this. time ago, was yeah. This, yeah, was the splashdown seen as, a you know, an antiquated way of doing things, or was it kind of a, hey, why should we get away from this? This will work perfectly for this vehicle. Um, it's, uh, it's, the, a splashdown uh, is not maybe as, uh, as cool necessarily as landing on a runway like the shuttle was able to do, um, but uh, for the practicalities of getting people to and from our planet, uh, there's a lot of advantages uh, to doing the splashdown. For a runway, you need to be able to land on a runway, which means you not only do you have to get over a runway, you have to navigate to one, which is a, and we think of, of runways might be kind of large, right, a couple miles long, but in relation to the rest of the planet, it's a little, it's really small, so you've got to hit that, that target perfectly, um, and if you're going to land on it, you can't be too fast or too slow. The shuttle was a, was a glider coming in. It was only one shot at the runway. Uh, so it, 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 even your abort scenarios, the, the preferred abort scenarios were to try to find a runway to land on as well. Whereas if you're trying to hit an ocean, it, it's, it's a lot more of that than, you know, <laughs> just hitting a runway. So you can be off a little bit and still be okay. But, but other than that, it, there's other things too. Just the, the shape of the spacecraft, um, the, the shape of the shuttle and the, the, you know, it had to have wheels. On it, of course, landing gear and, and that had to come out of the, the thermal protection system on the bottom. It gave it a, a kind of a strange shape to, in order for it to be able to, to launch and also land. So it had little bitty wings, so a lot of drag, not much lift, so it landed very fast. Uh, it just was very complicated because of that. And the, and the, the protective, the, the, what you're really worried about primarily, you're worried about a lot of things, but, but primarily you're worried about the uh, heat shield um, the integrity of the heat shield being able to take all the heat of reentry because you're going to slow down. What you saw in the launch, all that energy has to come out, and you have to slow down to be able to, these guys are going to splash down in the case of the shuttle to slow down to be able to land, and all that heat, all, the heat is generated um, through, the, through friction in the atmosphere, and that's how you slow down. So the, the shape of the shuttle and the way it was launched and so on had an exposed heat shield that was really complicated, Whereas this uh, ablative heat shield, the, the heat shield that will be on the um, on the SpaceX vehicle, was, has been protected the whole time. It'll only be used for the entry portion. The shape of it is ideal for this, and so all that makes the splashdown um, really a lot safer than what we did uh, with the space shuttle. So, for those reasons and others, uh, the splashdown is a pretty good idea. So it's kind of like. Yeah, it seems like we're going backwards, but I think we've, what we've learned is that for the time being, that's a pretty good way to go. I remember you telling me about the space shuttle, which you went up in a couple times. You were 
kind of in awe of the payload. This SpaceX vehicle, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems more of a, a personnel type of vehicle, and whether it's for space, for, uh, you know, vacations and holidays and things, it's, it seems like it's more designed to deliver people than stuff. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. That, that's true. But what's interesting, though, is that this spacecraft uh, is pretty much the same exact one that they use to bring cargo. So uh, the, 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 what, the, what the shuttle did was bring uh, seven people and cargo. What this vehicle can do, it's similar to what they've launched to the, for the cargo ship to the space station, but they, you know, they put a lot more into it when you fly people who need life support and so on. So in some ways, it's, it's similar to what they do for cargo, but I think your point is, is that when it's outfitted for people, that's pretty much what it's outfitted for. You, know, you don't really have much of a payload to take with you. So yeah, it, it's designed uh, similar to the way that the, uh, the Soyuz, the Russians, design their spacecraft is that you launch people with a small amount of cargo. I mean, you have, they have a little bit of food and some supplies and stuff like that, but not very much cargo space, not much of a payload bay. Um, and you launch your item, the rest of your stuff separately. So that's what the Russians have had done for, for all these decades that they've been flying their cosmonauts to space stations. They, they worry about one vehicle, one spacecraft for the people, and another spacecraft for supplies, and then a whole nother heavy lift spacecraft uh, to launch big pieces of the space station. So with the shuttle, we did everything. It, was, it could launch huge pieces of equipment. It could bring a lot of stuff back. It could launch a lot of people and a, and a lot of supplies, and you could do that all with, with one spaceship. And that sounds like a good idea, but then you're never really optimizing for any one of those. Whereas, as you, you've, you've brought out, that uh, I think very well, that the, space, the SpaceX vehicle that we're seeing now, the Dragon, is optimized for people. And that's just about it. It's more like a taxi cab. Uh, you know, it's going to take people up to the space station, it's going to take them somewhere and bring them back safely. And that's what it's designed and optimized to do. You know, it, it always fascinates me about, you know, hearing that on reentry, if the angle is maybe too straight down, you're going to burn up, the heat shield can't take it, but then if it's too slight, you're literally going to bounce off the atmosphere and go to Pluto. Uh, how, how, <laughs> how I don't much know if you make it to Pluto, but you would bounce off. Yeah. <laughs> but it how, may not be I mean, exactly how, uh, to Pluto, I mean, but you're going to go somewhere. Thing. Yeah, yeah where, do, that, where, where do we stand with all that? Uh, well, that's still a problem. You, you, you want your entry angle to be, uh, to be just right. And, uh, for everything, you want a lot of things to align. You want to be able to uh, burn your your deorbit burn at the right time, and so that you can enter the atmosphere at the right angle, be able to have the heat shield in the right position, uh, and yeah, everything's got to be just right. Uh, but I, I'm pretty confident they're going to get that right. They've done that um, with with their uh, with their supply ship. And they've also done it with this cruise ship without any crew inside of it. And we've been doing that for a long time. Not to say that that makes it easier, that we really know what, you know everything that can happen. But um, but you're you're right. The the entry is you know we looked at this when we, we when I, as an astronaut the the general feeling was that you know launch is where you're really worried because that's when the big fires coming out of the back end of the spaceship and bad things can happen and explosions and all that. But entry is also quite dangerous. Of course, uh, we lo- did lose. Uh, Columbia uh, on uh, on entry. The the Russians lost a couple, um, had two accidents with with cosmonauts involved during entry. 
So it is not it is not a, a, a trivial thing to do. And some of the things you mentioned, like making sure that you're lined up correctly, so that if your angle is too, if you're too shallow, you'll bounce off. If you're too steep, you might turn up. Or you know, it's, it, these are not good things, of course. So you want to get the angle just right, so that you'll be able to slow down and and also hit the target of where you're going. Even though the ocean is big, as I mentioned, their plan is to come off uh, the coast of Florida. They have options on both the east and west coast. So they want to be around there. They don't want to end up in the middle of the Pacific. They want to end up in uh, right off the coast in the Gulf of Mexico or or in the Atlantic, close to the uh, close to the Florida coast. Last question for you here. Um, my dad is an old naval officer. Whenever the United States is in some sort of conflict, he always thinks to himself, "Man, I wish I was there." And I'd say, "Well, you're 80, so they don't need you." <laughs> but, but the question I have for you is, when you see all this stuff. Even yeah. though everything that you've done, do you kind of feel, God, I wish I was there? Oh, yeah, I do. So this is an interesting question, Rick, is because, like, if I look at it, would I like to, go, you know, go tomorrow and fly on the spaceship or do it in a, you know, just be, you know, going back there? I miss it a lot. I, I was an astronaut for 18 years, and that's, you know, I still miss it. But really what the, the real question is, it's not just the flight or the, you know, the, the entry or all that. It, it really is the preparation and the training, the the years that it takes to get ready for those things. And I, I think when I when I really think of it, do I wish I was there with them? Absolutely. Do I wish I was in space right now? Yeah. But um, but what really to be an astronaut, it's is it is all the preparation, which is what I really loved as an astronaut. That was really the thing that I missed the most is the preparation and training, working with the engineers, particularly with the Hubble Space Telescope program. That's what I miss, but uh, you know, at this point, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, I, I think, I, you know, I, I, the the training, getting ready, and all that. That's that's really where you're paying the price to go to space, and um, I'm I'm okay with not doing that anymore. Uh, and I, you know, I would love to another chance to fly, but you know, going back as a tourist would be fun. It's a lot different than going back as uh, as a career astronaut. So I'd love to go. I'd love to be with them. But when when it really comes down to it, I'm I'm happy with what I'm doing now, and and glad I had the opportunity to go in the times that I did. Great stuff as always from our own personal astronaut Mike <laughs> Massimino. Make sure to check it out Sunday, August second, one p.m. Eastern, ten a.m. Pacific, Discovery Channel, Science Channel. You will see Space Launch Live splashdown. Thanks again, Mike. Really appreciate it, and we'll, Thanks, I guess we'll see you in a couple weeks. I hope so. See you, buddy. All right. Good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. This has been the Rick Tittle Podcast on the 8Side Network. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.